Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Catalan cinema. Alcaraz is the name of a small town in rural Catalonia. It's also the name of the second feature film from Catalan filmmaker Carla Simon, which was awarded the top prize, the Golden Bear, at this year's Berlin International Film Festival. On today's podcast, we take a trip to Alcaraz to learn more about the film and chat to some of the actors involved. And we'll be speaking about the challenges and successes of Catalan cinema, including the thoughts of Judith Collet, president of the Catalan Film Academy. Joining me on Filling the Sink today, I'm delighted to say we have Killian Shields and Angus Cleland. How are you both doing? Lorcan, how are you? I'm well. I'm well, I'm doing good, yeah. Nice to see you both. And the three of us took a trip to the cinema just the other week to see Alcaraz. And uh, why don't we just fill our listeners in? What's it all about? Yeah, it's probably the like film of the hour, certainly here in Catalonia. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement about it. But what's it about? Well, it sort of tells this more emotional story of a, a family who have a farm in the rural countryside over in western Catalonia. And essentially, they've been given a legal notice to leave the land because they're not actually the owners of it. So the whole film is basically just the journey that they go on to come to grips with this new sudden reality that they're in. Yeah, we kind of look, Angus, at the how the different members of the family react in different ways. And it's a very intimate kind of story, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think like family plays such an important role because you see the different family members' reactions to this new news that their land is being taken away from them and their, their way of life is going to change. Obviously, some of the older members of the family are naturally quite upset because it's been their way of life for so long now. But even some of the younger members of the family, the kids are... The youngest kids are losing somewhere to play and yeah. the teens in the film i think the the teens reaction marion and roger they have a really interesting relationship because because naturally being young people they want to feel connected to the modern world uh-huh. you know mariona with her dancing and roger with his like partying yeah but despite that it's ultimately the modern world that's destroying their life on the on the farm and so they still feel very loyal and they still love that rural way of life that they've grown up in. Yeah, I mean, it touches on so many um, themes that we cover here on Catalan News as well. Like you mentioned some of them there, Angus. But like just watching it, you know, you've got uh, the farming, like protests about the price yeah, the of prices fruit. of the fruit that they harvest. You've got migrant workers there. And uh, I mean, once the family gets the notice to leave the land, like the first thing to do is, OK, we have to just sack some migrant workers. And That's they, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's the harsh reality of the situation for for all involved isn't it um of course the very reason that they i don't think this is a spoiler but the very reason that they have to leave the land is because those who own the land has decided to install solar panels there they make the argument that it's it's more money but less work and Mm. but obviously Mm. this goes completely against tradition uh against cultivating the land and caring for the land the way that they had for generations the land is it's it's beautiful scenery as well as all these farms but they're like peach trees and and all sorts of different fruit and veg we see throughout the film you know there's loads of shots of like whether it's kids stealing watermelon or um i don't know just you know uh, apples and i don't know it's just so rich and you, you kind of see this 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 connection between people mm. and the land you know it's mm. so integral to their lives and i, I, I suppose I, it was so integral to 
the vast majority of humans' lives just going back a couple of generations. And it's got this conflict with the changing world and more technology taking over and people moving from the rural areas into more urban cities. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was a, a, a lovely film. And I mean, it's in Catalan as well, we should say, because, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later on that a lot of films made in Catalonia and Spanish. But it's not just Catalan, is it? <laughs> sort no. of the, the specific Yadin dialect, the dialect of that rural area over in, over in Western Catalonia, where yeah. they say like a couple of words differently. And mm. I was really grateful to have the uh, <laughs> Spanish subtitles. I think without that, I would have been a lot more lost. <laughs> and it's funny, the language even plays a little bit, because you mentioned um, the teenager, Mariana, is mm. dancing along the songs. And of course, the songs are in a mixture of Spanish and English. So you have mm. these gl- huge global languages and, you know, kind of, coming in whereas when the granddad sings that's in Catalan you know what I mean so there's all these there's that tension there as well the, basically you know how can these traditions survive whether it's the Catalan language been around for over a thousand years or this way of life the farming work in the land how can they survive in the face of these global pressures whether that's green energy or YouTube hits and TikTok videos yeah, it's definitely this idea of the the modern world, the modern globalized world, like closing in around them. Be it that be that in a from a linguistic point of view, or from the point of view of the farm with yeah. the installation of the solar panels, and quite literally with the with the diggers arriving. Mm. So as I said, the three of us had a, a a great day out going to see this film here in Barcelona. But Killian, you went one step further. You went to see the premiere in Alcaraz. Well, the premiere itself was in Lleida, like the big city over there, but I actually just went to Alcaraz just in passing because I went to the house where the vast majority of the film takes place. And that's not actually in Alcaraz. That's actually in a tiny little town called Masalcorrage, which is like very, very close by, about 10 minute drive down the road, 15 minutes maybe. But, but yeah, so, technically not technically, okay. filmed in Alcaraz. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so we're going to hear from some of the actors that you met at the premiere. Uh, but first, this is the big moment in Berlin. For its extraordinary performances, from the child actors to the actors in their 80s, for the ability to show the tenderness and comedy of family and struggle, and for the portrayal of our connection and dependence on the land around us. The 2022 Berlinale Golden Bear goes to the movie Alcaraz. This year's Berlinale International Film Festival saw a landmark achievement for Catalonia, a first ever Catalan winner at one of the most prestigious international film festivals. Thank you so much. This is, uh, I don't know, I don't believe it. (laughs) Thank you. Carla Simon's second feature film shows the close relationship between the people of rural Western Catalonia and the land they cultivate. I want to thank our wonderful cast who had never acted before and who gave and put their soul into this film. Thank you so much to them too. Simon used non-professional actors for the film, found from around 9,000 auditions of people from the region. Using locals with farming experience and knowledge added a level of authenticity and offered a true portrayal of life in the region. 
Primer de todo, porque la película es rodada aquí. Llavors... Monse Oro, who played Natty, the auntie of the film, underlined the importance of this, that a film showing life in Alcaraz had to include their particular ways of speaking in the Yadin dialect, their own mannerisms and their own idiosyncrasies when it comes to farm life. Carlos Cabos, who played the family's uncle, Cisco, told us that he's cultivated peaches his whole life, so working on this film wasn't that different to his normal day-to-day. Using amateur actors also provided some challenges, as Simon had to help the cast find their voices as actors. However, Jordi Pujol Dolcet, who played Kimet, the father of the house, told us at the film's premiere in Yeda that working with Simon was easy. She helped them understand everything that they had to know, and he described her as un crack, brilliant. Anna Otin, who played Dolores, the mother of the family, explained that Simon helped her lower her acting levels to find a calmness, while Jordi had to raise his energy for the pair to find the perfect balance as a couple. For months leading up to the shooting of the film, the cast spent a lot of time together on weekends and evenings in order to foster this familial relationship with one another, to become a new family on screen, and rehearse as well, whereas spending so much time before shooting is not normally commonly done in cinema. And I want to thank my family because they grow peaches in Alcaraz, and I think that without them and and my closeness to this, uh, this, this world, I wouldn't have been able to tell this story. Along with the emotional narrative of the film, it also aimed to make a point, that this way of life is disappearing, in no small part due to the underappreciation of farmers and their work. Um, to the little, uh, the small families of farmers that cultivate the land every day for this food to get to our plates because their way of doing agriculture, which is respectful to the land, is probably nowadays a way of resistance. So this award is for the people who cultivate the land. Thank you. The cast all agreed that it was important to take a stand for fair prices for the harvests. They urged people to eat locally grown produce and called for laws that are already in place to be respected. Alcaraz can serve as a reflection of these principles and the cast hope that their emotive work can make a difference. Thanks for that report, Kelly. Thanks to everyone who spoke to us. Nice time up in Lleida at the, at the premiere. It was fun, yeah, I have to say. It was my first time ever at a film premiere. And it's just like, it had that excitement, you yeah. know. It's had, well, normally in most film premieres, you see like a, the red carpet, you know, it's such an iconic image. Well, no, this is a, this is an homage to rural life. So, of course, the carpet was green this the time. The green carpet, you're yeah. on the green carpet. Uh, very good. But it was really cool. Like, there was a good few tractors placed, like, in the whole setting. Plenty of crates of fresh fruit and... 
uh, just produce that you typically find in, in, in these rural lands. And yeah. it was cool. It was like a film premiere, but like very specific to this film, which was a really nice touch. And uh, listening to the actors there and, you know, it's it's uh, well, it's a really unusual way of working that Carla Simon has, isn't it? You know, picking these. It's fascinating. Fascinating to me. I mean. They did so many castings. 9,000 people auditioned for us to find the perfect people to play sort of essentially versions of themselves because they're people from the area, you know, from this land who worked on the farms, who, who know how to, like, cook the snails in a very specific <laughs> countryside kind of way. And the fact that they spent so much time together before filming and during filming as well, you know? Yeah, really amazing stuff. Like, they, they, they got to know Carla Simon so well, like, rehearsing for months and months. This is something that's not usual for, for movies, perhaps in theatre, but not so much for cinema. Even even now, afterwards, like, you see clips from award ceremonies or, or, or whatever it is where the people are all together. I even saw it at the premiere. They just had a really lovely family dynamic. I think maybe part of the reason for that would be because Alcaraz is for them isn't just a professional isn't just a professional endeavor. It's it's very personal to all of them and it's personal to Carla Simon. You know, a lot of her work is is like that. It's very much reflects her life and her experiences. Yeah, well, so we said this is her second film, her second feature film, and the first has a very similar style. It was released in 2017. It's called Estu Milno Sense Nuranta Tres or Summer 1993. And Angus, yeah, the, the themes, the style, the locations are all quite similar yeah, to Alcaraz. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think both films have a very rural setting. Obviously, Alcaraz in Lleida and summer of 1993 set in the Girona area. But they're definitely both, you know, they have lots of these wide angles of the countryside during summer, which I think really emphasizes its its beauty of, mm. the, of the Catalan countryside. Or very personal stories too. Yeah, absolutely. Both of them reflect Carlos Simon's experience summer 1993 being essentially an autobiography of her childhood because Carla Simon and the protagonist of summer 1993 both have their parents die unfortunately die of AIDS and have to move to the countryside to live with their extended family and it's all about integrating into a new family into a new life and trying to deal with the death of your parents at an extremely young age as well um, yes absolutely and for Alcaraz Carla Simon had family who were peach farmers in the Lleida area mm. much like the family in the film these kind of things are sort of a follow-up to her her short films that she made before before these feature lengths. I mean, she's got two that I think really stand out. Born Positive, uh, it's when she was studying film in London. That's a short documentary that she made about three Londoners who were actually born HIV positive. And of course, her own parents died from AIDS. And she has another movie called Lipstick, which is it's only a short, it's nine minutes long. But that was the first ever time that she explored the topic of children coming into contact with death for the very first time of their lives mm. so you can see how she really pours her her own soul into her work mm, absolutely like Alcaraz uh, summer 1993 also won awards in Berlin it won best first feature for Carla Simon and also the grand jury prize Looking in from the outside, it seems to me that Catalan cinema is in pretty good health. Like if we're going by award ceremonies, uh, you know, Catalan films tend to do very well at the at the Goyas, which is kind of like Spain's equivalent of the Oscars, if you like. And uh, but to find out more, Killian and Angus, uh, you caught up with Judith Collet uh, from the Catalan Film Academy. And Angus, we're going to hear from her now. But, you know, she she talks about the Gaudis, which is like. 
Catalonia is equivalent of the Oscars, if you like. Yeah, Judith Collet gave us a, a great analysis into the current state of Catalan language cinema, uh, in particular its funding, its presence in European film festivals, and above all, its future. Let's take a listen. Last year in the Gaudis, we had only five films in Catalan. Five films of 30 that were in the competition. This is a... Uh, a big disaster. <laughs> yes, it's a disaster because we have been every year having less and less films shooting in Catalan, and this year, this year was uh, the, the, the worst. Judith also highlighted the financial side of things as a hugely significant concern. The budget of films in Catalan is like seven, the average is 700,000, and uh, the films in, uh, in Spanish, especially in Spanish, but also in English or in French, I don't know, but in English we have some, but especially in Spanish, uh, the average of the budget is two million and a half. So that means that the difference is more than uh, three times the budget of the films in Catalan. This makes that uh, these films have less opportunities to, to be competitive abroad, to be competitive in, in, in festivals. As a professor of film at the Ramonjul University, Judith has also been seeing firsthand the impact this has had on young filmmakers. I mean, in my class, I have only from 10, 12 students that we are making these short films. Uh, there are only two or three who are uh, Spanish speakers in their house, they speak also Catalan, but the rest of them, they are Catalan speakers in their normal life. But when they make the short films or they make their project of the final degree project, they make it in Spanish. And this is something that we have to change, that uh, I think they have to, to, to feel that it's very, very normal to make films in Catalan and they, that they won't have less opportunities to make them the film, their films in, in Catalan. They will have the same opportunities. However, for a language that is always looking to reach a wider audience, cinema really does play a huge role in spreading awareness about the Catalan language and culture. The audiovisual is something that helps a lot to make the, the world to know about our culture and, of course, about our language. Carla told uh, in, a, in an interview I saw that she told that people ask her, which language is this in your, in your film? Because it's not Spanish, it's not French. What is this language? Some people... And, to make uh, people know that this is Catalan and this is a language that we speak here, seven million people here in our country. And this is something very, very important. Judith Collet, the president of the Catalan Film Academy, our thanks to her. Angus, you know, she's saying that, well, despite this massive success we've seen from films like Alcaraz, there are definitely these real challenges if you're trying to make a film in Catalan. Yes, absolutely. Um, fortunately, she assured us that it's not all doom and gloom, you know, because one side effect of this lack of funding for Catalan cinema is that it creates a more realistic style, a more realistic tone to the film. So there's a lot of handheld cameras. Clearly, there's not going to be any fancy special effects or CGI. And as is the case with lots of Catalan language films, the use of amateur actors. So all of these kind of really bring it down to earth and make it a real story. This is something that I, I, th I think really ties in with something that I've noticed about Catalan cinema as well, about how some of the major successes, they seem to have this very interesting sort of genre, which is almost new to me at least anyway, but it sort of blends fiction and documentary. So 
Yeah, we see it in, in, in films like La Plaga from Neus Balus that tells five stories of people struggling in a small town just after the financial crisis in the, the early parts of the 2010s. Where does the documentary begin? Where does the fiction begin? Mm. This kind of blurred lines between them is something that to me is fascinating about the cinema that you see quite commonly here. And Angus, you told me that Judith picked out 2010 as a vintage year for Catalan cinema. Yeah, 2010 was a huge year in no small part thanks to Panegra, which you can't talk about Catalan cinema without talking about Panegra. Panegra, black bread, literally. Mm, so if you compare 2010 to this year, this year five Catalan language films won awards at the Gaudis, but in 2010, Panegra alone won 13. <laughs> right, okay. And also it won nine Goyas as well. So even outside Catalonia, it got a huge amount of success. Speaking of success and award ceremonies and stuff, Judith even mentioned that maybe Alcaraz could end up going to the Oscars. Yeah, no, she really hopes that um, Alcaraz goes to the Oscars. And if it does, it won't be Carla Simon's first film to be Spain's entry for Best Foreign Language Film at the, uh, at the Oscars because her first film, Summer 1993, was also the entry. Yeah, and Panegra, which you just mentioned, I think was the first film in Catalan that the Spanish Film Academy put forward as, as their nomination. Well, we'll keep an eye out for Alcaraz. And one other kind of interesting thing that we should mention about Catalan cinema, I suppose, is the strength in number of the women that are directing. Because on a global level, if we look at the Oscars, there's always controversy, you know, about the lack of female directors. But that's something that here, there's a lot of women and there's a lot of young women producing films that are getting recognised. Exactly, yeah. I mean, Carla Simon is only in her 30s, so she's got a long career ahead of her to make incredible work that... I'm really looking forward to. And if you look at some of the awards here, like the Goyas, the Spanish Film Academy's awards, many of the female winners there tend to be Catalan as well. So it's a very strong tradition that we have here of, of, of female filmmakers in Catalonia. Like I already mentioned, Neus Palus. Uh, but there's also Clara Roquette, who had a huge success with Libertad recently. Uh, Belen Funes is also worth a mention. La hija de un ladrón, the daughter of a thief. Um, so yeah, it's a thing that it's one of the defining characteristics we can say of modern Catalan cinema. Okay, well, nearly done for today. One very important thing is where to watch these films. Starting off, Alcaraz is out in cinemas now already. By the time you're listening to podcast, well, at least if you're in Catalonia or Spain. Exactly, Listen, yeah. Where uh, to watch? You mentioned cinemas first and c- foremost. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to support any of these filmmakers just by going to see them. Yeah, increasing the box office. Judith said that the, the French public are very good at supporting French films. So, you know, here in Catalonia, we need to go and see more Catalan films. That's what she was saying. Apart from cinemas, then you've got, well, the usual platforms, online platforms. And There's things. a fantastic platform that's actually from here. It's called Filmin, F-I-L-M-I-N. As simple as that. But it's you can think about it as a bit of a Catalan Netflix. Um, so it's just an over-the-top streaming platform that you can access just with a monthly fee. But some films as well you have to pay for like individually. But like that's that's an absolutely fantastic resource for films and series that you want to watch in, in Catalan or Spanish or even plenty of international titles as well. On top of that, Netflix itself. Netflix itself has um, Incerta Gloria, which is a Catalan language film from 2017, which... 
is also award-winning. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, if you go on Netflix or whatever and you type in, if you don't know what film you're looking for, if you type in Catalan films, you get, you get well, you probably know this already anyway. And one resource that you might not know about, although if you don't speak Catalan, if you don't understand Catalan, it might be tricky, is um, TV3, the Catalan public broadcaster, have loads of films uh, on their a la carta as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's English subtitles. But, you know, if you're living here and, and, and you can understand, uh, that's where I watched summer 1993 actually and in a bit of a covid fever but yeah i enjoyed it all the same and yeah main thing is go do check out alcaraz fully endorsed by filling sink i endorse it i think we all do yeah we all enjoyed it yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure go and catch that in cinemas now time now then for our catalan phrase uh who's got one this week I've got it on this week. Uh, it is Comuna Casa de Pages, uh, which... Com- li- uh, you have to let me have my guess. Comuna Casa de Pages. Well, literally, like a house of the countryside. Yeah. Uh, like a country house. Like a farmhouse, I guess, something like that. I don't know what it might not literally mean. Though. Well, if you if you happen to be in the countryside, which is overall quite barren of buildings, and you see a farmhouse, and you might think, oh, that kind of stands out quite a bit. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what Comuna Casa de Pages means. It means something that's very, something that's very obvious, something that's... Uh-huh. Very big and stands out, so it's often used in the context of "es una mentira como una casa de pajes," which effectively means that's that's a blatant lie. You're lying. Right. It's okay. So that's a, that's a lie, like a country house. Like you can't mm, miss yeah. it. Yeah. Something to add a bit of emphasis to what you're saying. It's clear yeah. as day. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Remember, you can always drop us a line on social media or at fillingthesink at acn.cat if you think, you know, there's something that we should be covering you'd like to hear about. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to everyone who spoke this on this week's podcast. And big thanks to Angus and Killian for joining me today. Thank you, Angus. Thank, Thank you, Lorcan. We're back again next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adios.